Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From The New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. Senator Dick Durbin spent 16 years trying and failing to pass immigration reform in Congress. It failed under President Bush. It failed under President Obama. Could the outcome of the White House ending DACA be that it passes under President Trump? It's Thursday, September 7th. Cheryl Gaistelberg, where does the DREAM Act begin in Congress? The DREAM Act goes all the way back to 2001, when a guidance counselor for a young South Korean woman, a woman whose family immigrated from South Korea, reached out to Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois. A young woman named Teresa, Teresa Lee in Chicago came to this country undocumented at the age of two. Senator Durbin spoke to the Times the day DACA was rescinded. She uh, was in a very poor family, but she learned how to play the piano and turned out to be a prodigy. By the time she was finishing high school, she was being encouraged to apply to Juilliard and the Manhattan Conservatory of Music. And so when she sat down to do the application, said to her mother, what do I put here for nationality or citizenship? Her mother said, I don't know. So they contacted us and said, what can we do? Well, it turned out the law was very clear and very cruel. It said that Theresa Lee had to leave the United States for 10 years and then petition to come back in. Uh, I thought for a girl who was probably 18 at the time, that was a pretty harsh outcome. And this touched Dick Durbin, or so he says, and he introduced the DREAM Act as a result. Footnote on Theresa went to the Manhattan Conservatory of Music, graduated, played in Carnegie Hall, stayed on in New York, married a jazz musician, became legal, mother of two. Now I believe she's completed her PhD in music, but uh, we introduced the bill and um, it was interesting what happened next. The Republicans supported it. Orrin Hatch was my original co-sponsor of the bill. With regard to, to uh, the Dream Act, a lot of these kids are brought in as infants. They don't even know that they're not citizens until they graduate from high school. And if they've lived good lives and they've uh, done good things, why would we penalize them and not let them at least go to school? Cheryl, I find it really striking that Senator Durbin co-sponsored this legislation protecting young undocumented immigrants with Orrin Hatch, who's the Republican senator from Utah. He is a Republican, 
co-sponsoring this legislation. So what does that tell us about that moment? Well, I I think it's really interesting too, Michael. And you have to think back in 2001. I think compassion is a noble calling. And George W. Bush had just been elected president, just taken over in the White House. And it's on this ground that I will take my political stand. He was from Texas. El sueño americano es para ti. He was very sympathetic to Hispanics. He won 40% of the Hispanic vote, and he was talking about an immigration overhaul. We must remember that the vast majority of illegal immigrants are decent people who work hard. And I don't think that the issue was as nearly as toxic um, for Republicans as it later became. And that every human being has dignity and value, no matter what their citizenship papers say. Durbin, you know, introduces the bill in 2001, and there's a fair amount of support for it among Republicans at that time, but it kind of languishes around and doesn't really go anywhere. Fast forward several attempts to move the bill uh, without success. Along comes um, a new senator named Barack Obama as my colleague. He co-sponsors it with me. We then get into comprehensive immigration reform. And by 2006, when it's included in a comprehensive immigration reform bill, the politics have totally changed. Hmm. We cannot make it easy on those who have chosen to be illegally here, to disobey our laws. So we're starting to see at that time sort of the nascent beginnings of the Tea Party movement, which really takes off, you know, around the summer of 2009. Everybody and their mama trying to come here. We got to protect our freedom. And the Tea Party movement is very strongly anti-immigration. The time has passed to lobby or request these elected or appointed officials to honor their oath of office and our laws. We now have to demand that those in office who aid and abet illegal aliens be removed from office and prosecuted. By the end of the 2000s, this DREAM Act is really toxic Hmm. for Republicans who are terrified that they will get primary challenges from the right, from Tea Party candidates who will knock them out of office. And it seems like a vote for the DREAM Act would be potentially for these Republicans just a ticket out of their own jobs. Absolutely. And one of those Republicans is Orrin Hatch, the original co-sponsor of the DREAM Act with Durbin in 2001. He skipped a vote on it in 2010, but says he would have voted against it. They're pandering to the Hispanics in this country and others by pretending that they're going to do something about immigration. And you know doggone well, there's no way they can put an immigration bill through. So, Cheryl, is that sort of the end of whatever hope this bill had in Congress? It feels like a pretty meaningful symbol when the co-sponsor of the original bill turns away from it in fear of losing his seat. Well, interestingly, Michael, in 2010, the bill actually passed the House, but did not get through the Senate. Hmm. And then by 2013, language allowing dreamers to stay in this country and work or attend school is included in a broader immigration package that actually does pass the Senate with 68 votes, Mm -hmm. but the bill failed in the House. Wow. Passes one fails the other, passes the other, 
fails. Yeah, lot. and never at the right time. Hmm. One of the first things you learn in the Senate is you better be patient because most of the important things you want to do take a long time. I had no idea when I introduced this bill 15 or 16 years ago we'd still be talking about it today. We've had our ups and downs. We've won a few votes in the Senate, lost a few. Uh, the House has won a few. Uh, but we've never been able to put it together in one year. Obama goes on to be elected president, and we're not passing the DREAM Act. We sent a letter in 2010 saying to the president, can you do something with your presidential power to protect these young people? We don't get a response. Time passes. The next year, we send a letter, 23 senators to President Obama say, can you do something to help these young people? And DACA emerges uh, as their approach to this. So Obama, you know, finally gets fed up and he decides Congress isn't going to act, so he's going to do it. But he makes clear that he himself wants Congress Mm -hmm. to act, that he's just doing this because Congress won't. And he issues a call to lawmakers to take care of this problem. And I've said time and time and time again to Congress that send me the DREAM Act, put it on my desk, and I will sign it right away. So, Cheryl, what happens to the DREAM Act in Congress after President Obama essentially circumvents Congress and issues this executive action? His idea is that it would galvanize Congress to do something on this. Did that actually happen? No. So Congress moves on to other things. It didn't really galvanize Congress to act because lawmakers figured, well, that problem is taken care of, so Mm. we might as well just move on to something else. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. It's time. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. So now um, we have a new president. He's elected in November. I call President Obama and say, what are we going to do about these DACA-protected young people and dreamers? And uh, he said, I'm going to bring it up with President Trump. I'll talk to him, President-elect Trump at the time. Mm-hmm. So. The story goes, President Obama told me later that what was scheduled to be a 30-minute meeting turned out to be 90 minutes in the White House Oval Office between President-elect Trump and President Obama, and a large part of it was about this. What's he going to do with DACA and the Dreamers? The president's trying to tell him that, you know, fairness and justice suggest we've got to protect them. And secondly, strictly politically from a PR viewpoint, hurting these young people is not going to be popular. And the president felt like he was getting through to President-elect Trump uh, on the subject. Well, lo and behold, it turns out that um, President Trump starts changing his campaign rhetoric on the issue. He's more understanding uh, and friendlier to these young people. I meet Donald Trump for the first time on his inauguration day. I said, thank you for the good, nice things you're saying about the Dreamers and DACA. Uh, and I said, I want to work with you on that. And he looks at me and he says, uh, 
don't worry about those kids. We're going to take care of the dreamers. And I take him to his word, and I meant it. Uh, I've had four or five personal meetings with Jared Kushner and uh, Lindsey Graham talking about this issue. So that is the prelude leading up to today. We have many important priorities in September, really critical priorities in the Senate. This is one of them. Now's the time. Don't wait six months. Do it now. You never know what's going to be on the Senate agenda a month from now. You don't know what's going to happen next month in North Korea. You don't know what's going to happen next month in Florida. You have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I've been around here long enough. You need to seize the moment. September is the moment. So then we get to now. And the Trump White House explicitly demands that Congress solve this problem. Where are we actually at in Congress? You're literally inside Congress right now as this issue gets to them. It's almost mind-blowing to me, Michael, the way the politics around this have shifted. You've got the Speaker of the House saying this problem needs to be addressed. You've got Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, conservative, pairing up now with Dick Durbin. Let's put it this way. If I were a Democrat, I would want Dick Durbin at the table. He is the father, grandfather, and soon-to-be great-grandfather of the Dream Act. (laughs) I have never seen a man so committed to a cause as Dick has been committed uh, to fixing this problem for the Dream Act kids. There is no way he'll be dealt out. I want to be there, too, because I've got to know a lot of them. And actually, I, I want to celebrate with Senator Durbin an accomplishment for the nation, which is to take care of these kids. And I think this is kind of a a lesson, in a way it reminds me of the lesson of healthcare, which is that once you give something to people, it's really hard to Mm. take it away. And Congress, you know, has been not willing to do this for 16 years, but suddenly when confronted with the prospect of all of these dreamers, young people who are working, some who are in medical school, they're serving in the military, Mm -hmm. they're saving people's lives in Houston during Hurricane Harvey, you know, confronted with those kinds of stories, they are unwilling simply to walk away. So where does that leave us? Is it possible that the Congress, which couldn't get this passed under a Democratic president, will now do it under a Republican president who seems very anti-immigration reform? It's possible, but it's not certain yet. And I say that because it's clear to me that Republicans, the hardliners on immigration, uh, will want some something extracted for passage of this. In return, right? In return. They will want uh, more money for border security, funding for a border wall. We heard Lindsey Graham say he thinks that there could be a marriage between the DREAM Act and border security funding. Uh, We had Democrats, a very strong showing of Democrats today on Capitol Hill, calling for a quick up or down vote on the DREAM Act alone. Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader of the Senate, Mm -hmm. said that if uh, House and Senate leadership won't put the DREAM Act on its own on the floor for a vote in September. If a clean DREAM Act does not come to the floor in September, we're prepared to attach it to other items this fall until it passes. So while there seems to be broad bipartisan agreement that the DREAMers should 
be allowed to stay here in some form. The devil, as always, is going to be in the details. And I think we're going to see a lot of negotiation and back and forth. And it's sort of too soon to tell how that exactly is going to play out. So, Cheryl, the case could theoretically be made that President Trump, who, of course, campaigned on a platform of cracking down on immigration in a major way, in throwing this issue back to Congress, could ultimately accomplish something that Congress itself failed to do for 16 years. Including under Democratic President Barack Obama. It's true. That would be something. It would be, wouldn't it? Cheryl, thank you very much. As always, Michael, thank you. Senator Durbin spoke with my colleague, Yamish Alcinder, who's been reporting this story with Cheryl Stolberg. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more. Here's what else you need to know today. Hurricane Irma, one of the most powerful Atlantic storms ever recorded, is forecast to hit Florida by Sunday, potentially causing catastrophic flooding. The Category 5 storm first made landfall in the Caribbean early Wednesday morning, battering the islands as it headed on toward Puerto Rico. And we uh, essentially came to a, a deal, and I think the deal will be very good. We had a very, very cordial Uh, and professional meeting. In a surprise decision during a meeting at the White House on Wednesday, President Trump struck a three-month budget deal with Democratic congressional leaders to increase the federal debt limit and finance the government through mid-December. The plan combines the debt ceiling increase with billions of dollars in emergency relief aid for Hurricane Harvey. In going with the Democrats' plan, the president undercut Republicans like House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who had come to the White House with their own proposal and rejected the Democrats' proposal just hours earlier. Look, the president can speak for himself, but his feeling was that we needed to come together to not create a picture of divisiveness at a time of genuine national crisis. And that was the rationale, I'm confident. President Trump then took it a step further on Wednesday, talking to reporters on board Air Force One about Congress's effort to legalize the DREAM Act. We had a very good meeting with uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Neglecting to mention that Speaker Ryan and Senator McConnell had also been there. Uh, And Chuck and Nancy would like to see something happen, and so do I. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? 
More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.